that is a major change from the way we used to look at mental health even 20 years ago. But certainly, I think there's a lot of this thought process out there that's very similar to this 1950s, 1960s model of like, you lie on a couch, you talk about your childhood and somebody psychoanalyzes you. Um, and that can be helpful. But I, what we're really starting to see is when you give people the nutrition that they need for their brain to work, they naturally just feel happier. Our nervous systems run on electricity. That electricity in the human body is created from minerals. You only get minerals from food and water, right? So it's there's a science to nutrition and to mental health that goes beyond the basics. But when we're talking about reasons you need to eat a good diet, that's one of them. And then I swear I'm almost done, but I have one more thing to say. Good so to see you. good to see you too. Let me think about your butt out they aren't working. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me today. Good. I know it's a new year. I feel like everyone feels like it's a fresh start. Everyone's focused back on their health again. It's a good time to reconnect. Oh, I'm so excited. I was just telling everyone that there's such a breath of fresh air and I was really oh. excited to, to share this talk. Um, yeah, why don't we get started as always with hearing a little bit about your story and then really excited to dive into all things mental health. Yes, absolutely. So hi guys, I'm Kate. Um, I'm a naturopathic doctor and my story really started probably when I was a teenager. Um, I had a lot of mood and food issues. So I was really depressed, really anxious, not sleeping. My gut hurt all the time. Um, I got some really great care from some really great doctors um, who were MDs and DOs and did exactly what they were supposed to do and I was still struggling. And I feel like a lot of you out there, I just felt like I went from doctor to doctor to specialist to specialist. I didn't really get answers. And it wasn't until I saw someone who put my whole picture together and who focused on nutrition that they figured out I had celiac disease. And for me, it was like overnight healing. It felt like a miracle. And all of a sudden, when I was getting good nutrition, that was a good fit for my body. All the other problems fell away, right? So the depression started to resolve. The anxiety fell away. I started sleeping better. And I just thought, wow, I have to do this for other people. Um, and my doctor at the time said, well, if you want to learn to do medicine like I do it, do functional medicine. That's that's what this really is, is putting together those pieces. So that's what I do now for a living. It's like the best job in the world. Um, I love it so much because you see that spark in people when you can tell them, like, this is why you're struggling. We can fix it. It's not your fault. And then when the struggles removed, they just take off, right? And they live their best life and they're happy and healthy and, you know, just it's so rewarding. I, I'm so inspired by that story. And um, yeah, so let's dive into it um, to talk about mental health and the holistic health connection. It's kind of an obvious question, but I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective. What is the relationship between your holistic health and lifestyle and your mental health? Absolutely. And you know what? It's funny. It's, it's an obvious question to us, I think, right? Because we're both in this functional medicine, health, biohacking, tracking sphere. Um, but for a long time, we have really separated mind, body, spirit in medicine. And we say, well, if you are depressed, it's because there's something wrong with your personality or your willpower or the way you think. And that has nothing to do with your body. And now what we really understand is that your brain is the organ of behavior, right? 
It controls everything you think, do, and say. And it is connected to the rest of your body through your neck <laughs> and your blood supply. And it completely depends on the health of your circulatory system, your gut. I mean, we've all experienced, like, whenever you get sick with a cold or a flu, like, you feel a little bit down. You, don't, you can't think as clearly. You're not yourself. It's because the whole body's connected. Um, and I think that is a major change from the way we used to look at mental health even 20 years ago, but certainly I think there's a lot of this thought process out there that's very similar to this 1950s, 1960s model of like, you lie on a couch, you talk about your childhood and somebody psychoanalyzes you. Um, and that can be helpful. But I, what we're really starting to see is when you give people the nutrition that they need for their brain to work, they naturally just feel happier. So that's where we're really moving with medicine because it's much more effective, it's much safer, it has no um, and I could say way more about it, but I feel like I'll stop there in case <laughs> that was a good explanation. That's that's amazing. No, I I totally resonate like with my background in psychology, um, and that's why I love this space so much. So um, I'd love to start with the gut brain connection. So let's talk about yeah. like, how does the gut affect your mental health. So many ways. So you actually have more serotonin in your gut than in your brain. Um, and so for anybody who's watching, I want you to step back and think you've probably heard of things like serotonin, dopamine, and then hormones like estrogen, progesterone. And you may even be familiar with the concept that these affect your mental health. But what I want you to do is take one step back and think, well, where do those neurotransmitters and hormones come from? Um, so serotonin and dopamine are made from amino acids, tryptophan and tyrosine, and those only come from protein. That's it. If you're not eating enough protein, you can't make enough neurotransmitters. So that's usually point number one. Yeah. That I try to ha hammer home for people. It's like, that is a really key part of your health. And that's, ex that is how your diet directly impacts your mental health. The other thing is hormones, right? So, and that you know this so well, and this is why I love your guys' app so much, um, is that estrogen and progesterone affect women's mental health but, and men's too, but we only make those hormones from cholesterol. And you need to be eating the right foods to get enough cholesterol in your diet. I think we've heard a lot of, in, our, in our Western society about cholesterol being this big, scary thing, um, but actually you need enough of it to make the hormones that keep your mental health elevated. Um, so that really is the foundation of the connection when it comes to nutrition, mental health, and the body. And then everyone has experienced when you've gotten a couple nights of poor sleep, you're just kind of cranky, you know, you're not your happiest self. And we could dive into like the very real biochemistry behind that. But I think just, just stepping back and saying, what are the foundations of health, which is good rest, good food, good water, good sleep. Um, and for mental health in particular, minerals are very important. And this tends to kind of like blow people's minds when we talk about this in practice. So I wish I could have everybody raise their hands, but guys, you should comment, like how many of you sat in, in bio in, in high school and like learned about the electrical potential of a cell, right? Where you pass potassium and sodium across a membrane and you create electricity and it probably felt so boring and you memorized it for the test and you kept going, but like our nervous systems run on electricity. That electricity in the human body is created from minerals. You only get minerals from food and water. 
right? So it's, there's a science to nutrition and to mental health that goes beyond the basics. But when we're talking about reasons you need to eat a good diet, that's one of them. And then I swear I'm almost done, but I have one more thing to say. So it, your blood, right, in your body delivers all the oxygen, nutrients to your tissues that it needs, including your brain. So if your brain doesn't have enough fuel, it starts to slow down, right? And you've all felt this when you've been like dehydrated or hangry and you're like, I can't think I'm cranky. I haven't eaten in 12 hours. Like that is your brain on low fuel. But what a lot of people don't realize is you need enough blood flow to your brain to keep it fueled. And so if you're chronically dehydrated, that's another reason that you can have like these weird moods and not be thinking very clearly because you, your blood is made from the fluid that you drink and that's it. Like if you don't, where else is it going to get the fluid that's in your bloodstream, right? It's only from what you intake. So there's so much you guys can do <laughs> with nutrition to help your mental health. Yeah. I love that you just hit it with like amazing information right off the bat. Um, I just love that you're talking about amino acids and hormones. So just a quick question for everyone listening. Um, how do you get enough cholesterol? Um, how do you make enough cholesterol uh, from a diet? Yes. Well, so eating a good, healthy, balanced diet is the foundation, right? And this is where we talk about like eating fruits and vegetables is a good thing um, because the fiber in fruits and vegetables actually helps to regulate the amount of cholesterol in your bloodstream. Um, eating good amounts of protein and fats will help you make your own cholesterol. And then when we eat other animals, we get their cholesterol, right? So we store cholesterol all over our body. So it makes sense that if you're eating like a, a chicken or a, some other type of mammal, when you eat that tissue as meat, you're getting the cholesterol from that. Um, but our livers also make cholesterol and they make it through this really complicated process that happens naturally when you're well-nourished and when you're routinely nourished. The problems that can come in are when you, maybe you're somebody who's sitting at home and you're thinking, no problem, I got high cholesterol, you know, and I, I'm on statins. If you're taking medication for cholesterol, it's really important that you check your levels regularly because you actually might be getting low. Um, and studies show that once you get below about 160 with cholesterol, you guys can go look at your labs, go on LabCorp or look at the labs your doctor gave you. Once you get below that number, that starts to suggest to your doc that maybe you've got some malnutrition, maybe, maybe you're not absorbing, so you've got some malabsorption. And people with numbers below 160 are much more likely to experience things like depression, anxiety, impaired immune function because they're not making enough hormones. So... Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's super. Okay. And um, like, I'll speak for myself. I love to take triazine and 5-HTP just to make sure I'm getting yep. enough. But what do you recommend for people like to go food-based or yeah, what do you recommend for people? How do you source those things to make sure they're in your diet? Yeah, it depends on the person's health picture. So we'll start with what I tell everyone in general, which is get enough protein. If you're not tracking, you really can't know. So I think a lot of people come in my practice and are like, I'm totally getting enough protein. I have my cereal in the morning, my hot dog for lunch and whatever. And when we measure, they're actually only getting about 40 grams a day and you really need closer to 100. So step one, track and actually figure out how much you're getting. If you get enough total protein in the day, you're very likely to then automatically get enough tyrosine, tryptophan, all of the important amino acids. So that's my first step because it's, it's safe, it's effective, it's easy, and it helps people start to connect the dots of like, oh, 
That's why protein's important. Um, and I'm already buying food, so why not use that food as medicine? Um, and then the second step would be targeted supplementation. So in general, once we get someone eating enough protein, if their depression isn't improving, I start to suspect their digestion is not optimal, right? Then there could be a couple of reasons for this. Either they've got SIBO or not enough digestive enzymes or their vagus nerve function is impaired. And so we'll, we'll fix that problem. And then last step would be sometimes, and guys, if you're at home watching this, I really want you to hear this. I get that if you are really depressed and anxious and depleted, it is very hard to make the lifestyle change you'd need to make to get more protein, right? So some of you are at the point where you're like, I can't cook or shop. I can't even leave my house. That is the person that we will use medications or supplements for, right? Because I don't even really do any cognitive work or breath work with people until I know they've got the solid nutrition base because it's like asking a brain that's running on empty to do like a gymnastics routine, you know, like it's not going to, you're not fueled um, and you can't think. So uh, that's kind of my approach in general. That's amazing. Um, I love how you talk about tracking because it is true. Like without tracking, it's hard to really know how much um, protein we're getting. Um, that's, that's amazing. So I have a few more questions here. Let me just take a quick look at them. Um, I, I want to talk a bit about the stigma with you. You've done some great content on like mental health and I wanted to talk about like how can we help people feel less shame when it comes to talking about their mental health and talking about it with their practitioner. I love that you brought this up. Yes. So guys, 56% of adults will be diagnosed with depression in the US at least, um, which is where I practice currently in their lifetime. So if you have depression, you're actually normal, right? Like you're in the majority. Um, and it's not a surprise. We've got a lot of stuff in our Western lifestyle that lends itself to depression. We've got high levels of inflammation. We're sedentary. A lot of us are isolated right now. We don't move. So to me, it makes sense um, on a biochemical level that you're depressed. And I think, again, we used to view depression as sort of thing that was within your, your control. And there are elements, like I partner with some really great psychologists. I know you have a psychology background. There are elements where you, you really need to be feeding your mind the right information and having good mental health practices to make yourself happier. But for me, it's so clear that a lot of depression, anxiety are biochemical because when we fix the biochemistry, people get better. It's like a one-in-one, -one, you know? So like, I'll give you an example. So let's say that you're somebody at home and you're, you're thinking, um, you're like one of my patients who couldn't get out of bed, high achieving woman, kids, ran a business, um, was really struggling because it was like, she felt like she just couldn't move. She was so exhausted and she had all this shame because she's like, what's wrong with me, right? Like I want to be a mom and a good business person and I'm just like crashing during the day. I can't keep going. I must just be lazy. This person had like emergency level anemia, like almost enough to need a blood transfusion. We gave her iron, fixed the cause of the anemia, which is was partly diet, partly digestion. And within two weeks, this woman was like back to her normal self, like popping out of bed, going. This is what happens when you get the biochemistry right. And so when you talk to your doctor, that's really the point that they should be coming from is looking for what's in your way. Um, and I think that's where the shame falls away for people is when they're like, oh, 
I don't even have that struggle anymore because the life is just automatically better for me. They can let go of that shame because they realize it wasn't my fault. Right. So that's a big part of it. Um, and then I think for a lot of people in my practice, we talk a lot about ACEs and resiliency because a lot of people don't understand that the way we build our nervous systems when we're growing up is through mirroring. So we're doing it right, right now, right? Like I'm looking at your face, you smile, I smile. People at home, you're looking at us, maybe you see us happy, it makes you a little happier. Um, depending on how you grew up and what environment you grew up in, you learned to, to moderate your nervous system function based on who was around you and what was going on. So a lot of you are really good at being on high alert, at going into fight or flight, at going, 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 at mobilizing. Some of you are better at staying small, staying safe, staying quiet. Sometimes we get stuck in that nervous system pattern. And so you need a doctor who, yes, they're going to give you all the nutrition you need for your nervous system to work correctly, but then they're going to help you train your nervous system to what's called mobilize and safety. So stay calm, stay with your breath. No matter what happens, you don't really get like rocked either way. You can really learn to control your breath and your heart and therefore your mind. Um, and it's very science-based. Like, this sounds very, because we're talking about childhood, this sounds like it would be more psychology. And this is where we're starting to see it's both, right? Because you need a nervous system and a brain that works well in order to then be like, okay, my therapist told me to say this. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I, I, again, just like incredible information. Um, so what do you think are some of the biggest like misconceptions? I know we've talked about diet and I think that is like so huge. Um, but what would you want people to know about if, if they're experiencing anxiety or depression, um, how could they, like, just three things that they could do immediately to feel better, to take some steps? And so it depends. Okay. I love this question. It depends how So if it's severe, guys, you need help. If you're like way deep down in a hole, you need, you need partners who are going to help you walk the walk to get you out of this. Okay. So step one is if you, if you're feeling like you can't manage this on your own, get a good team. And it might just be, your, it might be a nutritionist. It could be me, like, you know, whoever, but get a team. The second would be sleep is the most foundational. So some of you are depressed, anxious, but you aren't sleeping or you're not going to bed until 2 a.m. You're having disrupted sleep. You're waking up tired, you're exhausted, you're sad. A good night's sleep, nine hours in alignment with your circadian rhythm, right? So like going to bed at nine, waking up at six will cure more things than like all the pills I could throw at you. Um, so I think getting a team, having a good solid foundation of sleep, and then regularly nourishing and hydrating yourself. So almost more important, or I would say equally as important to what you eat and drink is when. So, right, you get up, I want you eating. If you're somebody with mood issues, experiment with getting at least 64 ounces of water throughout the day, not all at once, <laughs> like four ounces an hour. So regular, right, and gentle. And then eating every three hours, something balanced. It doesn't have to be huge, but something to keep your blood sugar stable. Now, this sounds like simple advice, but I'm telling you, you could save hundreds or thousands of dollars by just trying this stuff first see if it improves your health and then going and doing all the interventions that you may still need. Um, I know those are, basic. hopefully that's still helpful. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, and it's 
about doing it, right? It's about actually applying the information. So that's, that's amazing. Um, well, and a lot of times in my practice, I'll tell people we're sitting together right here, either through Zoom or in person, like put alarms in your phone, right? If you are to the point where you're severely depressed, it's okay to put an alarm in your phone every hour to say, drink water, eat a snack. Like we're getting you, we're getting you out. So like, it sounds simple, but that kind of stuff, when you're making a lifestyle change is really powerful. Um, yeah. Like just those little things and making sure that they get done. Awesome. I want to just switch gears a little bit and talk a bit about technology and talk about things that technology is a tool and we can use it in so many different ways. And what can we avoid as it relates to technology for our mental health? And um, what are some of the positive things that we can do with it? Um, so yeah, I'll leave that as just an open question for you. So absolutely track, right? So if you guys don't have the Floca app, go get it, please, for the love of God. Like it's, there is no better app out there for tracking, right? Like, and particularly if you are a woman who's cycling, you know, you've got your fitness app and your diet app and whatever, and then you have to go get a completely separate one to track your cycle. No, do it all in one and do it on a platform to share with your doctor, right? I cannot tell you how many times people are like, before Floca, people were screenshotting me all the stuff that they were doing, like from all these different apps. And it's like, no wonder they're overwhelmed and they can't use this information. It's like completely dispersed. So get a good app start to track information is so powerful it's free there's no side effects like it empowers you just start to keep track because you'll start to notice patterns like oh the nights i only sleep four hours i tend to really go for sugar and when i eat tons of sugar and no protein i tend to feel really anxious and sad by 3 p.m and like stop breathing as well and i have to really like work you know you guys will notice this if you just have the data so just start tracking the data is the first thing i'll say um I like, I love the internet so much. Like <laughs> I, I remember when we didn't have it and it's just like, you can find the most awesome stuff um, using technology and the web, right? And I have so many clients who just first thing in the morning, they scroll through TikTok. It makes them smile or Instagram. Um, and it just like kind of gives them a little oxytocin boost for the day. Oxytocin is our like love bonding, happiness, neurohormone. Um, you can connect with some really cool communities. So a lot of my moms with ADD are in these ADD groups on Facebook and they're helping each other. Um, so those are like the ways in which you can use technology to empower you and help with your mental health. Now you have to be smart. So number one rule with technology is don't use a blue screen after 6 PM, unless you are wearing blue light blockers and the screen is down. Here's why. Blue lights trick your brain into thinking it's daytime and they don't let you turn on the very important enzymes that you need to turn on at night to start producing the hormones you need to get a restful sleep, to keep your cells healthy, to keep inflammation down, to keep your weight optimal and your mood optimal. So a lot of people don't know your body is meant to turn serotonin into melatonin when your eyes are no longer exposed to light, right? So your eyes have to be exposed to darkness for those enzymes to turn on that converts serotonin into melatonin. You guys have all heard of melatonin, probably it's everywhere. It's in gummies, it's in tablets, it's at CVS, it's at, you know, everywhere you go. Um, but you make it in your brain as long as it's dark. So what I, it's very simple, like stop using technology a half hour before bed. If you must use it, then turn on the blue light blocker, wear your blue light blocking glasses, they make cute ones now. Um, and like, you know, just like try not to let that disrupt your hormonal production. 
The second thing is you have to really moderate your intake, right? So if you are someone who is depressed and anxious and you're just like scrolling through pictures of like happy people and like the thing, you know, quote unquote happy, like, you know, or like impossible beauty standards or whatever, that is junk food for your brain. Do not do it. And this is where a lot of the work, guys, once you hit 18, you're done being parented. It's your job now. You got to parent yourself, right? And you are responsible for the messages and the images that you take. Our brains are very powerful and they respond very powerfully to images. So if you are not conscious about who you're following, what you're seeing, then social media will be more of a drain for you. And so what I want you to do, if this is resonating for you, go unfollow the people who make your stomach hurt. Do that. And then go add some people who are living life a little differently. Like I have so many artists and entrepreneurs and people who are volunteering and changing the world. Like I like to follow people who are making a change in the world. I do not follow people who are living unhealthy lifestyles or like promoting competition between women because that wouldn't be healthy for me. So you guys like, please use technology in a smart way. Those are kind of my two rules for using it in a smart way. And on that same, please go follow Dr. Kate Henry as you go. Oh. So amazing. <laughs> um, I love that. I think it's, it's so important just to be conscious about, you know, what you're consuming. And um, like you said, like once we're 18, we're adults and we have to parent ourselves. But also the brain is still evolving until you're 25 or around there. And so um, you really want to train the brain to not be hijacked <laughs> by weird yep. pathways so amazing well and it's true like that role of you are the five people you surround yourself with that extends to technology now too so yeah who are you spending time with you know like you are going to start to become more like the people that you see all the time including the people on instagram so hang out with folks that you like yeah, exactly. and admire amazing so dr kate like Again, so interesting. We're going to have to do another one of these, but I want to hear what are the three biggest things that you've talked to us about different things, but in your own life, and it could have been things you've already mentioned, but the three biggest things in your own life that have helped you achieve your optimal health. I think for me, so before I got diagnosed with celiac, I had a healthy diet. I thought, yeah, I was eating my cereal and my sandwiches and my, you know, uh, whatever egg muffins and cottage cheese I'm also allergic to dairy so I think for me it was really partnering with someone who could help me sift through all the messages I was getting in my attempt to be healthy and really tune into my own body and do the lab testing and the thorough intake to really help me understand my own unique biochemistry and my own unique nutritional needs um, so that was step one because again like maybe you're sitting at home and you're thinking I'm doing all the right things I'm doing my whey protein I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm not happy. It could just be that the right foods are wrong for you right now. And you need, you need somebody to help you figure that out. So I have great doctors on my team. Um, I have my own like doctors that I talk to and check in about my mental health, because as you can imagine, like I help people with their mental health. It's a great job, but I need to be really on point with my own um, so that I can stay filled up, continue to serve, but also because I need to be on the leading edge and kind of know like, what are the newest techniques to teach people? Do they actually work? The best way to find out is to do it yourself. And I want that to be empowering for you guys at home because maybe you've got kids or friends or a partner who are depressed. The best thing you can do for them 
is go get your own stuff taken care of. Go talk to a therapist. Go do biofeedback. The healthier you get, the more tools you've got for them. Um, so that would be number two. And then number three, I recommend weightlifting all the time in my practice to women in particular. I see a lot of women. And I mean like powerlifting. We'll start with five pounds. That's fine. But like if you can bench and deadlift and squat, yes, because the only way we build new bone is when that bone is stressed. Um, so I'm always telling my women like get in the gym and my guys too. But and it's funny because I was lifting weights, but not super heavy until this year. My partner's a physical therapist. And so he helped me figure out how to lift heavier safely. And there is nothing like having, you know, like 140 pounds on your back or deadlifting like over 150 pounds. There is a, there is something very centering about that because on a very primal level, your nervous system has to go like, <gasps> and like make everything <laughs> operate in a really efficient way to stay strong. And so becoming more physically strong has made me much more physically resilient. And if you're at home and you're like, I can't go to a gym, I can't deadlift, whatever. Like just, I get it. Like I was in med school. I had no time. I had a really sick family member I was caring for. Like there were a lot of things going on where I couldn't make it to like an elite gym to go and power lift. And that was okay. But what I want you to hear is like, do whatever makes you feel strong and keeps your heart strong. The American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes of cardio each week, but like do something to feel proud of yourself physically. It will transfer to the rest of your life for sure. Um, so that's probably my third like pillar of health is weightlifting. I love that so much. I used to run and just because of the pandemic started and I, I'm totally on board with that. It's a whole different kind of level of working out and, and it makes you feel so good. Uh, well, Dr. Henry, this has been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, we'll have to do it again. For all of you listening, please uh, go find out more about Dr. Kate Henry on her page. Um, and she is serving, you're serving globally clients. Is that great? Globally. Awesome. Um, you can also find her through FOCA, but Instagram works perfectly if you're here. Um, and thank you so much for all of the amazing information today. I just couldn't recommend that people uh, go and get in touch with you more. And it's been a real, real pleasure. Thank you for creating Floca and making sure that women have access as men and women guys for tracking. There is no better app. So I'm really thrilled to have been able to talk with you today. And I just love your mission in this world. Anything I can do to support you anytime I'm there for it. Aww, thank you so much. Well, I am, I'm really excited to hear about uh to hear about people um, on their way to you from this talk. So thank you so <laughs> much. And uh, yeah, can't wait to catch up soon. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, bye.